Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Hi there. You are going to enjoy this conversation with Susan Goodwin. I've known Susan since she was a college student over 40 years ago. We met on a summer beach project, which was pivotal in her life. As we were talking to record this episode, she had just launched her youngest daughter, one of five, at college. It was so encouraging to me as we chatted about her strengths to help her think about what this new season as an empty nester could look like as she understands more how she's wired to be used more purposely for God's kingdom. You will hear about how her strong belief that God's word has the power to change our lives was the catalyst for the book that she's co-authored called Every Word, A Reader's 90-Day Guide to the Bible. It has been such an amazing journey for her that is impacting people around the world. You will love hearing from Susan with her kind and passionate and inviting demeanor as we talked about all of these things. Enjoy listening in. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so glad to be with um, my good friend today, Susan Goodwin. I've known for years and years, and I'm eager to hear what what your strengths are and just a lot of the things you've been up to, Susan. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. Well, why don't you start with telling a little bit about who you are, where you live, and what you do? Okay. Well, I'm married to Tom. We just celebrated our 30th anniversary. We have five daughters. Three of them are out of college. Two of them are in college. And our oldest daughter is married to our wonderful son-in-law. And we have a new grandbaby, Charlie, who just turned six months yesterday. And so we have been empty nesters for two whole weeks now. Oh. Yes big changes. And we have lived in the Atlanta area for about 25 years now. And um, we served in lots of various roles um, with crew for over 30 years. And that's how you and I became friends. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about um, how we, we first met, I think it was like 38 years ago. We were both on Hawaii Summer Project in Honolulu. Yes. And I I tell people like I really think that was the best summer of my life. I had wanted to go on a summer project when I was a college student, but that didn't work out. And so when we Warren and I got to be part of that summer project, it was such such a highlight, I think, just to be there with um students like you and other staff that we were working alongside and just just to be on the front lines of like investing in people's lives and uh, being in Hawaii was gorgeous. But how was that summer for you? What was kind of your takeaway or highlight of the summer? Well, that was a really great summer for me. And it was the summer before my senior year in college. And so 
because of the things that you described, just kind of being on the front lines, doing ministry, serving together and investing in each other's lives, that summer was very instrumental in my decision to join staff with crew after college. And interestingly, as a staff person, I went back on that um, summer program four more times. And that's where I met Tom. Getting to go and serve in Hawaii is pretty great. So, Well, that's great. And what was your job that summer when you worked there? Oh, well, that was another interesting takeaway from the summer. It My summer job that summer, um, I audited the sick leave files of state employees of Hawaii. A fun thing about that job is I traveled all over the island to wherever there were um, state buildings, but I definitely learned what my strengths were not in light of that job. Oh, really? Being in an office, um, going through files, filling out charts all day, every day. Um, yes, that definitely does not fall within my strength profile, but it was worth it to be there in Hawaii. Oh, we could talk about all those details for a lot, but let's dive into what your Clifton strengths are. Can you tell what what your top five Clifton strengths are and just a little bit about how you what you learned about them and just kind of how what you know about them and how they're shaping your life right now? Okay. Well, my top five strengths are positivity, input, ideation, belief, and adaptability. And this particular combination of strengths creates a core identity called force of nature. So positivity is my one external strength. And it is all about mobilizing others by creating positive environments and atmospheres where people can engage and move forward towards a goal. And then my other strengths fall under the internal category. And the first one is beliefs. And that's all about the whys and the core convictions. So my personal core convictions are a really driving force that motivate me. Um, It's the sense of why or purpose that gives direction to work and relationships. Then there's um, the third one is input. Input is taking in knowledge. I love to take in information. And it's kind of the the scope of the knowledge is a wide breadth of knowledge. I like taking in knowledge from all different sources and um, places. And then uh, the next one is ideation, which is also about taking in knowledge. But ideation is kind of the ability to look at life from lots of different perspectives and to collect information with the idea of um, creativity and innovation. And input and ideation kind of work together to create this constant flow of new ideas and leaning a lot towards creativity. And then the, the fifth one is adaptability, which is sort of self-explanatory. It's the ability to think in motion, to be flexible. 
I'm energized by living in the moment. I like a lot of variety and I enjoy working in unstructured environments. And this one um, came in really helpful when all my girls were little and living at home. A lot of times I thought, I wish God had screwed my head on a little tighter if he was going to give me so many children. But um, I began to see that adaptability was a great strength in that. So, and then, as I mentioned, all those together form a core identity called a force of nature, which means I'm a very strongly internally motivated person. A lot goes on in my head. And I enjoy influencing and moving forward towards a goal, even in the face of challenges. And it's those beliefs that drive me forward, even in the face of challenges. So that's kind of a summary. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. I know it's it's just fun to, to hear those. And I... I don't live near you or, I mean, I've seen you at conferences or Fort Collins for over the years, but I can see just how my experience of you just, I can see those so evident in your life. And um, I know even like when I texted you recently to, I thought, oh, I'd love to hear from Susan about her strengths. And um, you were just eager to talk about it. And I know, like you mentioned, you just started a a new phase of life as Mm -hmm. an empty nester, but what um, what do you think even like as you think about these strengths of like things that bring you joy or maybe things that drain you as you've you're starting kind of having them a little more on the radar of um, to understand these strengths in your life? What what kind of comes to your mind is even the last few weeks, things that have energized you or drained you? Yes. Well, I you're. Your text was quite timely. I was um, actually in my bathroom, putting my makeup on, getting ready to take our last daughter to college, trying to be brave. (laughs) And it was just fun to get your text and think, um, I still have strengths and giftedness. And even though this new season of life is going to look different than what I've been involved in over the last couple of decades, that that it gave me hope, I guess, is what I was going to say, that um, focusing on my strengths, I can invest in this new season where I have a lot more discretionary time. Um, I can just I can invest thoughtfully and maximize my strengths moving forward. Mm, so thank great. you for that. Oh sure. Well, it is it is interesting again just the the timeliness of it. And you had been on my list for a long time, and I just never acted on it. And so mm-hmm. that's really encouraging. But I think even I know. Gosh, my heart goes out to you because I think as a mom, I know sending our kids off to college mm-hmm. or whatever step they do is just so heart-wrenching and yeah. I feel your pain. And I know we have new changes and my girls are farther away than they used to be. And it just doesn't let up sometimes. But I think I love talking to me, to you, to other people that, you know, as women were in transition mm-hmm. kind of continually. Yes. And I think 
for me, it's encouraging just to, to kind of go back to the drawing board of like, who are I? Who, who am I? And what do I love to do? And how have I seen God really use me or what gives me energy? And so that's why I love having these conversations with people. Well, it has been, it has been very encouraging. And one thing that you asked was what has encouraged me this week. And last fall, the women's minister at our church asked if I would gather women and to equip them to teach the Bible and specifically to lead um, every word. We'll get to every word in a few minutes groups. But so last fall, we just had this super fun semester of learning together. I really enjoyed coming up with the curriculum and we would sit around a table on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday mornings and learn together. And so a great joy um, from this past week is I sat in a Bible study that was taught by two of these women and they had done such a great job and preparing and leading the class and to just see the joy they had in their teaching and investing in their students was a real highlight for my last week. Oh, that, that is encouraging. That's great. Well, yeah, I would love to hear um, about the amazing, um, it is an accomplishment, but just, I know it's a story and ministry and just your passion, all those things all together about um, a book that you have of helping lead people in reading God's word. So it's called Every Word. And I would love for you just to tell the story of how that came to be and what it's all about. Great. Yes. So in 07, we took our family to Southeast Asia to work on a college campus there um, to just do evangelism and discipleship with students there. And our girls at the time were age three to 13, so a big endeavor to get our family there. And shortly after we got there and I was meeting with students, we were working on a campus of about 60,000 students and we lived in a city of about 13 million people. And as I would meet and interact with students, I would ask them, have you ever seen a Bible? Do you know anyone who has a Bible? And do you know where to get one? And the answer was always no to all three of those questions. Mm. And as the fall began to um, move forward and this I began to realize the reality of these students having zero access to God's word. One day I was sitting in the chair in my fifth floor apartment and just thinking about this. And we lived in an apartment complex with 21,000 people. And I thought to myself, I bet we have more Bibles in this apartment Mm. And in the whole apartment complex combined, because even my little three-year-old brought her favorite Bible. Mm. So um, I felt really convicted by that and thought, what, what am I doing? I, I love God's word. I had 
taught lots of Bible studies up to that point. I was here sharing God's word with these students who had really no point of reference for it. But I thought, how am I personally stewarding this free access that I have to God's word? And one of the books that we had taken with us that year was by Henrietta Mears, and it was called What is the Bible All About? And in that opening um, pair introduction, she just makes an offhanded comment that um, the Bible can be read from cover to cover. I should know this number, but it's either 72 or 78 hours. And so... I thought, I have all these kids. We're living in a foreign country. I was homeschooling at the time. And so I thought, how am I going to like study God's word in depth? And I thought, well, I can read it. I'm just going to, I'm going to commit to read the Bible every day for an hour until I finish it. And we had also taken a chronological Bible with us. I had never read the Bible through chronologically. And so I began reading an hour a day in this chronological Bible. And a major transformation began to happen in my heart and in my life as I began to put the pieces together of this one unified story about God with Jesus at the center And I began to take notes and make charts and try to figure out the storyline. And when I finished, I thought, I need to do that again. And each time I would read it, I thought this would be so fun to gather a group of people and just sit around and talk about God's Word, not fill in a million blanks, not answer specific questions, but just immerse ourselves in God's Word and talk about it. So um, we came home and I continued to have this kind of idea in the back of my head. And it was probably a couple of years after we came home, I was sitting in my friend Nikki's dining room with another friend, Molly. And I just threw the idea out there to them, you know, saying the Bible can be read in, you know, this many hours. And I've always wanted to just read it and talk about it. And they jumped on board and we decided to invite others to join us that summer. And we started on May 5th, not January 1st. Any day is a good day to start reading the Bible. And at the end of that 90 days, 15 of us crossed the finish line together, having read every word of the Bible in 90 days. And all of us felt transformed in Mm -hmm different ways. And I think what was really exciting for me in that reading through it in a group is I experienced it differently than the times I had read it alone. And I loved that whole idea of reading it in community. And so that next January, the women's minister at our church allowed us to have a trial run Um, through the women's ministry at our church. And we have been doing that every year since then. In in January at our church, we gather women. And now we've expanded it to co-ed groups and 
other groups um, to help people read through the Bible for themselves. And so um, it's been an exciting journey because I, I didn't really ever sit down and think, um, I want to write a book or I want to um, put a reading plan on you version or anything like that. It was just following that next step of obedience of God convicting me about my casual attitude towards his word um, to begin reading it, to invite others, and then just to see it unfold from there. Mm. Wow. That's just so exciting. And I love hearing just that backstory. I know I've um, kind of come alongside and had a few different groups of women doing it also, mm-hmm. reading the Bible in 90 days. And can you tell a little bit more about, like you mentioned, like, that it's a book and that the you version thing. And even I know the Bible project is part of what you do. So I love just how your steps of obedience have, have helped make this accessible to so many people to really begin reading God's word. Yes. Well, um, so as we begin to teach Molly and I begin to teach or I would say, I use the word teach, but mostly we consider ourselves just guiding people, cheering them on to read God's word for themselves. Um, so as we were leading this, these groups, another friend who we had never met, who had been at our church for a while, um, joined our class, just signed up for our class and started taking it. And Um, It became apparent very quickly that she was very knowledgeable about God's Word. That's Jennifer. And we spent um, one year at Lent. We spent time praying together about what God might have us do. Um, We had led this class maybe two or three times. We were noticing life change in people. We noticed that... um, People were taking the reading plan that we had found on the internet that we used for the class. They were taking the reading plan. They were reprinting it. They were inviting their friends to read through the Bible with them. And so we just thought, what does God want us to do? And so at the end of Lent, we sat at Molly's dining room table and, um, Molly and I kind of were like, well, we just feel like God wants us to keep doing what we're doing. And Jennifer, unbeknownst to us, who was an editor and um, had helped people self-publish, said, I would like to help you put your materials in a book. And so that's how the book came to be. And the goal of the book is just to be, like I said, a little bit of a tour guide on helping you read the Bible for yourself. We wrote it in such a way that if you read it without the Bible, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense because the point is to read the Bible, not to read our book. But we hope that our book is a great tool that will help give you markers along the way to understand the Bible as one great unified story. One thing that we say in the book is reading the Bible in 90 days is a lot like being an astronaut. Um, An astronaut goes to a lot of trouble to um, go 
out of out to outer space and to and they're rewarded with the beautiful view of the entire planet and so that's what we feel like happens over the 90 days we're used to studying um in more of a scuba diver way where you again put on a lot of equipment do a lot of hard work and then you're rewarded with this beautiful underwater vision and but we think that having the big view of the whole story benefits those scuba diver moments when you can understand where a passage or a book fits into a story and so um, a, few, a couple of years after we published the book, um, someone from the Bible Project was given our book and asked if we would reach out to ask if we would um, partner with them by using their videos and creating a U version reading plan. And the U version reading plan doesn't have the exact same material that our book does. The version plan has little bullet points every day of things you should look for in your reading. The book is more laid out um, weekly where there's commentary on every book of the Bible, timeline, some historical information. We think they partner really nicely together. And so that's kind of the story of the version app and how the book came together, but mostly um, hoping that these, hoping and praying that these will be resources that will help people read the Bible for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like I said, I I have loved it. I I think I've read through the Bible in ninety days, maybe four or five times, and mm-hmm. um, but I love it in the U version because like last year I had a few ladies join and I love that you can see each other's comments on there. And to me, you know, when that's a big endeavor and sometimes maybe people can't meet weekly, but it's neat to be in touch with those people that you're doing it with. I mean, obviously the best way is like how y'all have, have a pattern with seeing each other and talking about it. And, um, but I've really, enjoyed that so much. I would love for you to um, even just take a minute um, as I'm even browsing through my copy of every word right now. I just, it just inspires me to, to look at it and be reminded of, like you said, just the value of just God's beautiful, amazing story and how much he loves us. But even the little kind of in the intro, you have a few passages from Psalm 19 of just it's just the the real bread and butter of the value of God's word. Would you mind just reading that? I just think it's so beautiful. No, I'd love to. Um, this is Psalm 19, 7 through 11. Um, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover by them is your servant warned. 
and in keeping them, there is great reward. Mm. That's just so, so encouraging and inspiring. And I would love to hear, um, I'm sure you have just a plethora of stories of how God's encouraging people and God's word has changed people's lives. Do, do you have any favorite stories you'd like to tell about that? There are a lot of stories. Um, I, I think over these years and all the classes that um, we have led, and it's just a such a beautiful reminder that God's word is what it says it is, and it never returns void, and it changes people's lives. Um, just in a broad sweeping way, I think one of the most common things that we hear is, um, I thought I was just coming to read the Bible. I didn't know that my life was going to change. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. And um, I think small things that are actually really big things, like a young mom who had four small kids at home, um, And she said, my husband just said out of the blue, I've noticed that you've been so much more patient with the children since you've been reading the Bible. And I think that I love that story because I think that's the point of being in God's word is not that we know a lot more facts, who married who and all of those things, but um, that we allow it to pour over us in a way that makes us more like Christ in the big and small ways in, in our lives. Um, I think of kind of a kind of a, maybe a bigger story. Um, we had a friend, Jennifer, we had never met her before. She came to our class and went to another church in town and said, God just told me I need to be with his people and in his word. And so we were so glad that she came and um, she was very attentive and involved in the class. And we learned over the course of the week that her younger sister had had cancer and that the cancer had returned. And so um, that was really sobering news, but she kept faithfully reading the word and as in a way to encourage her sister, she they would call and she would explain to her sister um, what she was reading. And as the cancer progressed, her sister wasn't able to read for herself. So Jennifer would summarize for her, mm-hmm. um, all of the things that she was reading and how she was experiencing God through the word. And sadly, shortly after our class finished, um, Jennifer's sister passed away. And I we got a text from her later that summer. And she said, you know, all those videos that I made for my sister explaining to her what I was learning, how I was experiencing God in His Word. I've been re-watching those, and now that's what He's using to help me walk through my journey of grief. So I think that's a really beautiful story. Wow, that's so, so touching. Well, I would love to kind of loop back around a little bit. I just I would love just to sit and hear all the stories that I'm sure you've taken in over the years of God's word changing people's lives. And I think I would love to hear even as you kind of 
put this lens of your strengths back over what you've done and your passion with all of this, with every word, um, kind of a little synopsis of like how you see your, your strengths really forging the way of what you've been doing. Yes, I would love to to talk about that. It's kind of interesting because as this project unfolded from my chair in my fifth floor apartment in Asia to where we are now, I wasn't really aware of my Clifton strengths. And I always marvel at how God creates us each so uniquely for the purpose of moving his kingdom forward. And um, and how he invites us into a bigger and better story than we could really imagine. And so, but this these last couple of weeks, as you've helped me understand and think about my strengths and their intersection with this every word journey that I have been on, I do see how my strengths really have been integrated into this whole story that continues to unfold. And I I was thinking, oh, this is why I've enjoyed this journey so much, because it's how God has uniquely put me together, Mm -hmm. like around the whole idea of positivity and loving to gather people and create positive environments where they can learn and engage. That's always what we try to do in our classes. And it's always fun to see who's God going to bring. And I just love gathering people, whether it's in my home or at church or over a Zoom meeting, um, that gathering of people. And even as I was still living overseas and reading the Bible this way, that whole thought of, I want to gather people to do this together, I think is reflective of um, my positivity. And then the belief is really the driving force of this. Um, I just believe that God has given us His Word so that we can know Him And we have to know it for ourselves. And so that is what drives me, is this passion that I think, as I've seen God's Word transform my life, I want everybody to have the opportunity to um, have that same experience. And then input, I like studying. I like learning, taking in wide amounts of information. I love looking at the Bible as a whole and seeing how it all connects. And so that can be a lot of work and time consuming, but I find it really enjoyable. And then under ideation, Reading the Bible chronologically and reading it in 90 days is nothing original or new, but it has been fun to partner with Molly and Jennifer, and most recently Judith has jumped on board with us to think of creative ways to help people read the Bible for themselves in um, resources like a book and a version plan to just give them a new way to think about reading the Bible. And then adaptability, just 
shifting in the moment as new opportunities come up or unfold. And like when we're leading a class, it, it feels like different classes have different personalities and bents and how do you adapt to help them in the best way possible. So I really do see in retrospect how this project has been working out of my giftings. Mm, I love that. I love hearing just kind of just the backbone of that and how it just, like you said, it, it, it's truly what has forged what you're doing and your passion in all of this. Mm -hmm. Can you, do you have any particular moment or moments that you can look back and think, this is what I'm made for? <laughs> I know that's kind of a deep question. But. Yes. Well, I do think, I do think that almost every Wednesday or when we teach our Bible study at church, or if I'm, if I have a group of women in my home and, or a co-ed group on a Sunday morning, um, I do love that helping people think I can do this or for the first time them saying I've been a Christian for a long time and I've, I never thought I could read through the entire Bible or I learned this truth or God gave me peace with um, my absent father or with my mother who died while I was young or all of those things, I think I love just creating a space for God to work through His Word. Mm. That's just so beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, it's just the offering of making making that available, like you say, for people and letting God do the work. Yes. And just the list is so long of how He's doing that in so many people's lives. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I just have a couple more questions, but one question I love to ask people is what has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Well, I think that's a great question. Um, something just yesterday that was a real source of joy to me in this bittersweet season of adjusting to empty nesting. Um, Tom and I were getting ready to go to church yesterday morning and we were ready. We were ready early and we were discussing, wow, this is really different than all those years when we were trying to find five matching socks Mm -hmm. shoes, <laughs> all the things that it takes to get a family in the car on Sunday morning. But it was a little sad to go sit, um, just the two of us. We used to take up a whole row, oh. and now it's just the two of us. But, what, but as I was thinking about it, and in light of this journey, um, I never ask my girls to read the Bible this way. It was never anything I required of them, but they have all chosen to do this and make it a pattern in their lives to read through the Bible. And so as I was sitting in church yesterday, I thought of Gospel Hope 
church in Clarkston, where my oldest daughter and son-in-law and grandson were attending yesterday morning. Fellowship Denver, where my daughter Lily was attending yesterday. Atlanta Westside Presbyterian, where my daughter, who most recently graduated from college, was attending. Um, Christ Presbyterian in Oxford, Mississippi, where my Ole Miss student is a member. And then my newest college student, Lucy, was at Watkinsville First Baptist Church. And it was just such a joy to me to think God's Word has taken root in their hearts in a way that now that they have moved beyond our home, they're choosing for it to be a significant part of their lives and that they're growing and flourishing and contributing to the kingdom on their own, apart from wow. that. Oh, got me in tears on that one. Wow, that's that's so neat. It's just such, such a visual reminder of just God's word and his people just being spread in so many places. Yes. And just... Just want to have them right here and give them a hug, though, right at this moment, right? Yes, yes absolutely. But if they're, um, but it is, it's like that verse that talks about how children are a quiver, uh, arrows in your quiver, and you're to send them out. And to, so to send them out anchored in God's word is a great joy. Wow. That's just so, so encouraging and inspiring. Just what a joy for you as a mom just to see um, just God's kindness in their lives and their Absolutely. tender hearts to want yes. to take in his word and be a light where they are. Yes. I um I think a little bit even just back when we were, I think we lived kind of near each other one summer in Fort Collins and just, you know, we all had younger people and just who would have thought, you know, when, when we've all been busy moms to think of the ways that God is at work in our children's lives and in ours in the meantime too, but Mm -hmm. um, just that we could never really anticipate what that is going to look like. Right. And speaking of that, I think it's fun. Your daughter, Rachel, in those summers in Colorado was really influential in our daughter's lives. So that feels like a full circle moment. But you do realize as a mom, there's so much that you can't anticipate or control or even equip, but God's word is sufficient. And if we can send them out with that, um, they'll be all right. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, Susan, this has been such a treat, and I love just um, hearing just the backstory and just catching up a little bit with you, and I'm excited for you in this new season as you step even more and more into all your strengths, but I know you've been using them for a long time, but how could people um, learn more about Every Word or the other resources that you've mentioned? Yes. Well, we have a website. It's everyword9090.com. And on on the website, you can link to our book, um, the YouVersion app, or just a, a one-page reading plan that you can download for free. 
So that would be the, the place where you could go and get it all in one spot. Um, if you have the YouVersion app, you just look under plans by the title, Every Word, A Reader's 90-Day Guide to the Bible, and, and that will pop up there. And our book is sold on Amazon. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Susan. I appreciate your time. You're welcome, Barbara. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review, share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.